Hey, welcome to Space Gab. This is Mike Coletta. It's the 10th of June, 2022. Space Gab can be heard at www.spacegabpodcast.com. And once you get there, you have numerous links to select where you'd like to listen to your episodes from. It's hosted on numerous places. So, I'll tell you what. Busting up. Social media, the internet, just going crazy. NASA announced that they're going to be putting together an investigation team to look into UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, once known as Unidentified Flying Objects. I'll tell you what, it is trending all over Twitter, and I'm guessing elsewhere. It's just, I mean, this came out yesterday, and it's just going crazy. The, the funny thing is, so many people, I don't think, are actually reading the documents that were associated with the original uh, NASA announcement. Uh, and we did have, what's curious is, I guess one organization, it wasn't a govern- government organization, it um, attended the, the video conference yesterday, and they actually uh, tweeted out, some uh, briefing charts, uh, screenshots it looked like from that video conference. And that was, let's see, the I, I actually uh, retweeted that. And um, today I went on there to look at it to make sure that they were still there. And guess what? I had a feeling they weren't going to be there. And they weren't. They took down their tweet. They deleted it. Um, and this was the Scientific Coalition of UAP Studies, I believe it was. And uh, some of the information, this was from the actual NASA uh, meeting that they had to telecom, the video conference, and they actually shared uh, some of the briefing charts. And, and they, I, I think the Black Vault uh, on Twitter also referenced this and referenced their tweet, and uh, it showed it gone off of theirs also, obviously. But it looks like that the Black Vault Twitter account has looked into it even further. So if you'd like to go check that out. I've only looked into it just a little bit, just to talk about it, you know, give a summary about what uh, what's going on, I guess. But um, as always, all my stories I'm going to be talking about are on my Twitter feed. There's links to the entire stories. I just kind of give you a summary of these articles, but the entire article that I'm going to be talking about, you can read that entire article via my Twitter feed, and that's twitter.com slash Mike underscore Coletta. So, and this is also, I've got the, um, I actually copied the um, original tweet and I put it under my my original tweet. I said, hey, they deleted their briefing chart tweet, copy below. But I did save, luckily I did save those briefing charts and I'll be reading those here in a second. But here's the NASA, this is the original NASA announcement and I do have a, a link to that also. Um, it says, let's see, NASA tweets out, NASA to set up independent study on unidentified aerial phenomena. So um, their their webpage gives you information, uh, synopsis basically of what the meeting's about. I'll just start out. You can, you can go read the whole thing if you'd like. 
It starts out, and it was dated uh, June 9th, 2022. NASA is commissioning a study team to start early in the fall to examine unidentified aerial phenomena, UAPs. That is, observations of events in the sky that cannot be identified as aircraft or known natural phenomena from a scientific perspective. The study will focus on identifying available data, how best to collect future data, and how NASA can use that data to move the scientific understanding of UAPs forward. Let's see, it says, uh, continues, the limited number of observations of UAPs currently makes it difficult to draw scientific conclusions about the nature of such events. Unidentified phenomena in the atmosphere are of interest for both national security and air safety. Establishing which events are natural provides a key first step to identifying or mitigating such phenomena, which aligns with one of NASA's goals to ensure the safety of aircraft. And here, listen to this. And this is how this paragraph ends. But there's a lot more you can go read. Here's how it ends. There is no evidence UAPs are extraterrestrial in origin. I say again, from NASA's own typing, there is no evidence UAPs are extraterrestrial in origin. I do have a link on that. Uh, it gives their, um, their media uh, update about this uh, event that they did hold. And um, those briefing charts that they actually shared out, uh, let me just kind of, this is the first one that was put on this um, original uh, tweet that's now been deleted. And, and I did see these briefing charts being shared on other uh, Twitter accounts, and it says that they were public domain. Now, I don't know how far they researched that, but it says, Consistent with NASA's principles of openness, transparency, and scientific integrity, NASA is commissioning a UAP independent study team in order to examine UAP from a scientific perspective, focusing on how NASA can use the data and the tools of science to move our understanding forward. And it just kind of goes along with those lines, but um, let's see. Airspace is increasingly crowded with piloted and autonomous vehicles, as well as balloons, etc. There have been over 400 reports of UAP. UAP clearly pose a safety of flight issue, as well as a potential national security and or counterintelligence threat. Uh, next bullet, and these are this is a bullet chart, I guess, that came from the briefing. Next bullet says, a handful appear to demonstrate advanced technology. And the final bullet, let's see, there's actually one, two, three, four, five bullets on this chart. The limited amount of high-quality reporting on UAP hampers our ability to draw firm conclusions about the nature of intent of them. And then it kind of goes, um, there's the next briefing chart they shared that's now deleted. But you can find it out there on uh, UFO Twitter. <laughs> Everybody's posting it, pretty much. NASA believes that the tools of scientific discovery are powerful and apply to the study of UAP. And it kind of gives who's going to be heading the team, um, things like this. 
But this one is kind of interesting. Statement of task. This briefing chart gives quite a bit. Uh, number one, what types of scientific data currently collected and archived by NASA or other civilian government entities should be synthesized and analyzed to potentially shed light on the nature and origins of unidentified aerial phenomena? Question mark. Number two, what types of scientific data currently collected and held by nonprofits and companies should be synthesized and analyzed to potentially shed light on the nature of and origins of UAP? Three, what kind, what other types of scientific data should be collected by NASA to enhance the potential for developing an understanding of the nature and origins of UAP? And remember, this is their statement of task uh, briefing chart. Number four. Which scientific analysis techniques currently in production could be employed to assess the nature and origins of UAP? What types of analysis techniques should be developed? Number five, in considering the factors above, what basic physical constraints can be placed on the nature and origins of UAP? Six, what civilian airspace data related to UAPs have been collected by government agencies and are available for analysis to A, inform efforts to better understand the nature of and, and origins of UAPs, and B, determine the risk of UAPs to the national airspace. Number seven, what current reporting protocols in air traffic management, ATM, data acquisition systems can be modified to acquire additional data on past and future UAPs. And finally, number eight of the statement of task briefing chart that was shared yesterday that was either leaked or shared by those maybe who didn't feel they maybe should have shared it and they deleted it, but it's still out there. Number eight, what potential enhancements to future ATM development efforts can be recommended to acquire data concerning future reported UAPs to assist in the effort to better understand the nature and origin of the UAPs. So there you have it. That's their statement of tasks. But there is a whole bunch more. And I know the Black Vault uh, on Twitter is sharing a bunch more too. Um, because I, just before I started this podcast, I kind of looked there and he's got something like a thread of like, I think eight or nine tweets. It gives you a lot of data and he'll be uncovering, I'm sure, a lot of data if you'd like to look into that more. But I just thought I'd talk about this for a little bit. Anyway, this is the big thing right now. People are going crazy about these UFO UAP um, possibilities. Uh, the thing is, in you know, in NASA, and there's quite a bit out out there out from NASA. Many, many people are writing articles about this. Um, and one one thing I did look at uh, just right off the bat, um, I, and I tweeted out, I retweeted Annie Jacobson's tweet, and I put, "Is NASA really serious about UAP investigation team?" Because Annie tweets out, "This is such an infinitesimal small amount." Of money, it's very, very, very funny. The whole thing. "Quote: NASA will spend anywhere from a few tens of thousands of dollars to no more than one hundred thousand dollars on the effort." Evans added. Um, and then Roder, Roders, no Roders, Routers. Is it Routers? Reuters. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Reuters. Space News. Um, has an article that says, NASA said it plans to assemble a team of scientists to examine unidentified aerial phenomena 
commonly termed UFOs, and the latest sign of the seriousness with which the U.S. government is taking the issue to the issue. Well, if they're only willing to spend a few tens of thousands of dollars to no more than $100,000, how serious can they be? Not very serious. You know, and uh, a side note, now they're looking at air safety, which is, is, you know, not in space. I know for a fact, because I supported NASA, uh, as I've talked about in the past, and um, the, 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 the different wings that actually support NASA, um, the, they used to be wings, now I think they're Space Force, um, um, I don't know what they're calling themselves now, Space Force wings or whatever, the 45th and the 30th, East Coast and West Coast. Now, they have a lot of sensors that they use um, post and pre-launch, and a lot of sensors that are used, you know, not even uh, with regards to launches, as far as like the, the GEODs, uh, telescopes, things like this. They look at the night sky, and they're constantly looking at objects in the night sky. And then you've got other systems, other sensors that uh, do support NASA and other venues that uh, look into, they can look into the sky, uh, into space all the time and see objects. And I don't think that's what they're looking for because you've got a lot of contractors that support um, NASA. Uh, and I had, um, I was a government uh, uh, worker. I was DOD. And I had a bunch of contractors on a bunch of the uh, programs that I managed also. But um, there's contractors. And you're not going to get much work um through contractors uh, if you're spending anywhere from a few tens of thousands to no more than a hundred thousand. I'll tell you that right now. So I don't know, but it looks like if they're talking about air safety, uh, airspace safety, uh, which is, isn't that the FAA? And But this is NASA. Isn't uh, NASA have to do with space? So I'm kind of confused in this, why NASA is getting involved in this uh, and and spending so little money. But like I said, uh, UFO Twitter, hashtag UFO Twitter is loving it. They're going crazy. Um, we'll see what happens, how far they take this. But uh, I don't know. But it'll be interesting to see. It'll keep people amused and entertained and focused on UAPs slash UFOs for a while. If NASA's involved, they'll go, oh, if NASA's involved, they must be serious about this stuff. Uh-huh. Efforts are continuing to uh, fully deploy the Lucy Solar Array. From Space News, leaders of NASA's Lucy asteroid mission are increasingly confident that the mission can continue as planned, even if ongoing efforts to fully deploy and latch a solar array doesn't succeed. Engineers have been studying for months one of the two circular solar arrays that did not fully deploy and latch into place after the spacecraft's launch in October 2021. They conclude that a lanyard used to pull open the solar array lost tension during the deployment process, causing the lanyard to wrap around the motor shaft. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? (laughs) I mean, there's not much you can do when something like that happens. Now, I can equate that to fishing. When like because I fish all the time because I live in a pond, not you know, uh, when when your line gets tangled up, or you know I, if you're using a spin cast reel, and your line gets you know starts getting wrapped around and everything else, I can only imagine I can equate it to that. But I'm right there. I I, I can do hands on, 
to uh, remove the line from being entangled. But they can't. They've got this lanyard uh, wrapped around a motor shaft, and there's nothing they can do. I doubt they're going to be able to um, get this thing latched. So they they still feel confident that the mission can continue. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see if it actually does successfully. NASA audit reveals massive overruns in SLS mobile launch platform. This is also from Space News. A new mobile launch platform that Bechtel is building for NASA will cost up to four times as much as originally planned and could push back the first launch of an upgraded version of the space launch system SLS to the late 2020s and NASA audit concluded. The audit by NASA's Office of Inspector General published June 9th was sharply critical of both Bechtel and, to a lesser extent, NASA for cost overruns and delays in the work on Mobile Launcher, ML2, which will be used for launches of the Block 1B version of the SLS starting with the Artemis 4 mission. The larger Block 1B cannot be accommodated on the existing mobile launch platform for SLS. Uh, NASA awarded Bechtel a $383 million cost-plus contract in June of 2019 to both design and build ML2 for delivery to NASA in March 2023. It says here the contract grew to $460 0.3 million by March because of government-driven changes that also pushed back delivery of the platform to January 2024. Well, if you'd like to read more, there's quite a bit more in this article, much more detail. Uh, I do have it on my Twitter feed, or you can just go to the uh, spacenews.com site where they have uh, many um, articles about space. But yeah, how t- <laughs> and we talked about earlier about sp- spending tens of of thousands to no more than a hundred thousand for this uh, UAP uh, team <laughs> to study UAPs. Uh huh. So I mean, this is what you're talking about when you're talking about getting stuff done. Lots of money, lots of money, and these overruns four times. So uh, that's just the way it is. I'll tell you. And we haven't even launched SLS yet. So I mean, this is they're talking about this is Artemis mission four, which is way in the future. You know, and we'll see. We'll see how, um, if, you know, they're hoping. I mean, this is going to be a very, 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 very costly project, this SLS project and Artemis, very costly, as they're finding out now. So, uh, we'll, we'll, I mean, I know they're going to be doing a lot of testing, and we're going to talk about that today a little bit. But um, we'll have to see if SLS even gets off the ground. We'll We'll see. And speaking of Artemis, uh, NASA space flight now says Lockheed Martin powers up Artemis II Orion. Updates status on other capsules. Lockheed Martin has completed the first time power up of the Orion capsule for the Artemis II mission, the first Orion capsule that will be tasked with carrying humans. As work continues on that capsule, Lockheed Martin, the prime contractor for the Orion spacecraft, provided updates on the other three capsules. The three European service modules, currently in various stages of their respective flows for Artemis missions 1, 2, 
and 3. And then they go, uh, in the article, they go uh, detailing, you know, powering up Artemis 2's Orion. And it talked about that. So uh, you can read that entire article. I've got a link uh, on my Twitter feed. It appears the James Webb Space Telescope has taken a hit. One of its mirrors has been hit by some space stuff. Space flights now, a dust-sized micrometeoroid slammed into one of the James Webb Space Telescope's 18 mirror segments last month, causing a slight but noticeable effect on the segment's performance. It was the fifth such impact detected since Webb's Christmas Day launch. Hmm. So uh, that hey, space debris is up there. This is when you're out there. There's there's you know I'm really surprised these spacecraft uh, aren't hit more. I mean I know the ISS is hit quite a bit, but um, these a space telescope, the mirrors. I mean being hit by a micrometeoroid, even as small as that might be, could uh, impact the quality of the uh, data, the photographs and such that that we we get back. So we'll just have to wait and see. I'm sure that wasn't the only hit that it's going to take in in its lifetime. Um, There'll be probably a lot more hits by uh, debris of various sizes. June 8th, SpaceX launched an Egyptian satellite. Liftoff of SpaceX's Falcon 9 rocket with the Egyptian NileSat-301 communication satellite provided upgraded TV broadcast and internet coverage over Africa and the Middle East. And uh, I do have a link to the liftoff uh, via uh, Space Flight Now. And um, there's many other uh, videos that are shared for the different phases of not only liftoff, but actually the satellite uh, deployment, if you'd like to go check those out. But yeah, so they SpaceX sent up this uh, Egyptian satellite. House Armed Services panel calls on DOD to buy commercial space technology and data. Space News says, The committee's proposal advocates for greater DOD use of commercial remote sensing satellite data, such as radio frequency and synthetic aperture radar. Uh, That's a pretty good article they've got here. Yeah, I'll tell you, you're going to see more and more of the government... uh, probably going toward the commercial way uh, because of cost savings. Uh, it, it's all about cost nowadays because <laughs> we're spending so much money on so many different things. Uh, some good, not some not so good, that um, space is going to be impacted. I know they're saying they don't want to impact space, but how can they not when they're spending so much money elsewhere on things you know that are just uh, being uh, developed and, and they come up with a, uh, a, s- a spending bill for something from one day to the next. And uh, so space, obviously, is going to have to cut some corners, although it's not really cutting corners when you're um, going to some commercial venues like SpaceX. I mean, if it weren't for SpaceX, you know, we, we wouldn't be uh, going up to the ISS um, with uh, off of U.S. soil, would we? But... Um, Things like that. So uh, DOD saying, hey, go more commercial. Well, Blue Origin on uh, June 4th, their NS-21 mission with uh, individuals aboard New Shepard 
launched, they lifted off, they went up to space, and then they came down. Uh, it was successful, I guess. Uh, I watched uh, the, the liftoff. There wasn't much, you know, it was weird because there wasn't much right off the bat on um, the actual space capsule, if you can call it a space capsule. I mean, it just kind of goes up and comes right back down. But there wasn't much video, and I was wondering why. Well, guess what? Uh, I guess they had their video pulled from YouTube over a copyright infringement uh, complaint. Um, and I did have that on my uh, tw Twitter feed. I have the actual complaint. Uh, it was done. Let's see. It says, this video contains content from TV slash streaming. Grupo Globo has blocked it on a copyright on copyright grounds so they they took it off they removed the the video from youtube <laughs> so apparently blue origin violated some i'm not sure what happened but because I, I didn't really investigate it any further but yeah they uh their mission went up came down successfully but their video uh is nowhere to be found i guess due to that copyright infringement well i another liftoff actually this one did go to space and stayed in space, and is still in space. China's Shenzhou-14 uh, mission, Shenzhou-14 crew, lifted off on June 4th, and uh, they have already arrived at the Tiangong space station and have shared uh, video already of entering the space station and doing some tasks and things like this. So the next crew uh, of China's Tiangong Space Station is there, Shinzu 14 crew. And like I said, we'll probably see quite a bit more uh, from that crew, just like we saw from China's Shinzu 13 uh, crew during their mission aboard the Tiangong Space Station. And we look forward to that. Well, that's it. Until next time. Thank <laughs> you.